We're in some sort of known place. All those people disappearing off the streets. It's been going on for months. So this is London. An alternative to our world where everything's the same but a little bit different. What are they all doing? It's the earpieces. Skin of metal and a body that will never age or die. Cybers. I've seen them before. What are they? Cybermen. Kill him. You will be deleted. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on this episode, we will be reviewing Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. So this is the first time on Discussing Who that we have reviewed two episodes in one episode, for us at least. Who is us? I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am well, sir. I hope you are the same. I am quite well. So how have you been this last week? Very good. I've been traveling with family. We're in America's heartland right now. I think this is the first time we've re- recorded where all three of us are in the same time zone. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're all central right now. But yeah. But now you've recorded when we've been, when you've been in Birmingham, haven't you? Uh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Wibbly wobbly, kind of still yeah, timing exactly. zoning. You know, I'm just um, glad. You remember that it wasn't eight thirty instead of seven thirty. <laughs> exactly right. Where is everybody? <laughs> so that voice that you just heard is none other than Clarence Brown. Mister Brown, how are you? Doing great, doing great. How are you guys doing? Good to be on again. Glad to have you back. So, what have you been up to lately? Uh, not much. We had the Mississippi Comic Con here in Jackson, Mississippi this past weekend. So you, I, along with our friends in the Grits group, uh, were out and about having fun. So let me ask you a question. For anyone listening who is wondering, you and I and our friends from the Grits group and are wondering, what is a Grits group? What might that be? <laughs> Yeah, that stands uh, for girls raised in the South, doesn't it? <laughs> no, Mrs. Shackerford, no. <laughs> uh, geeks recording in the South. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's just our local podcast contingent of like-minded people that are, you know, trying to create content. Yeah. Cool veins, cool veins. And uh, on Saturday, you and I had a panel with our friend Laura Sellers, uh, who we saw again most recently at Con Castavarus. She was on our Doctor Who panel, and then we had another panel, if you would like to tell about that one, later in the afternoon with some other folk. Yeah, that was with the guys over Reality, Reality Breached, where we talked about comic book movies uh, slash TV adaptations versus the source material. So it was kind of a defending the source material uh, panel where um, me and Sergio was on the side of the movies, and you, uh, along with our friend Robert, on the side of the source material. So it was a lot of fun debating that. Absolutely. And Lee, I think you would have enjoyed that because Clarence and I were on different sides of, like he just said, different sides of the argument. And that was kind of fun for me because usually, Clarence, you and I pretty much agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, more or less. For the most part. (laughs) I'm sorry I missed that. Well, we had a lot of fun and we've got some good uh, content. So I'm sure that's going to be going up on our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash discussing network. So if anybody listening, 
please go check that out. And of course, subscribe because we would definitely appreciate you subscribing to the channel. So guys, why don't we talk just a second about news? And I have a question for you guys when it comes to news. <laughs> I, I think I can almost anticipate what the question's going to be. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you, all right. So let me say this before I say anything about the news. Yeah. One thing of doing this podcast that, Ter that Clarence has rubbed off on me for is I am not as prone to spoilers as I used to be because Clarence, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you would rather not be spoiled, correct? Uh, it just depends. Uh, more or less, no, I would, I would say against it. Uh, but I just don't actively seek it out. If something that pops up in, you know, my random going abouts on the internet, I will maybe look at it, but I don't seek out spoilers. Okay. So having said that, that is true, you know, and I, and I have picked up some of your habit of not actively seeking that out. So Lee, you and I didn't actively seek something out, but we <laughs> just came across a link that we clicked on that might have given us something. So without going into detail for anyone that doesn't want spoilers, were you happy with what you saw? Uh, I'm, I'm over the moon with what I saw. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and I knew that was going to be your question was, <laughs> do people want to, do you, do you want things like this to, to fall into your lap? Do you, you know, uh, or, or, or do you want to say, no, I, I, I'm going to wait until October. I don't, I don't want to know about it. Um, yeah, and, and it's a it's a good and fair question. Um, I, I felt like by the time we got to this year's Christmas special, we'd already seen it because so much of it was out there on the web. True. You know, for for example, so so Clarence, have you seen that for which we refer? I sirs have not seen it. Mm, okay. <laughs> Be, because so, you don't because you don't want to, or it's not because I don't want to because. Um, from our Slack comment chat slash thing, uh, you guys kind of got me excited to see it. I think the reason I haven't seen it yet is just because of time, because we had the two-parter. So I really had time to seek it out uh, this evening. But yeah, I know you said no spoilers for the rest of the people who haven't seen it, but wow, I kind of want to know what it is now. Well, <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this, you know, I honestly wish that I could go back and unsee because mm -hmm. I want to have that initial you know, I want to have that moment in the actual story in its entirety. So as a purist from it, I want that. So there's a part of me that says, oh, I wish I could take that, you know, memory out. But having seen 46 seconds or whatever, my brain is going, it's a media clip. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh. Me too. Yeah. I, I, what I've got here is 52 seconds. Oh, well, okay, yeah. 50. So, Some, something like that. Anyway. So 52 yeah, seconds. Less than a minute. So let me just add another one. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I'm happy into it. <laughs> okay. My ancillary search. Is that the right word? Ancillary. Uh, doesn't reveal anything. So maybe you guys can share this link to me. <laughs> we'll send you something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so without being spoilerific, uh, Lee, what could you tell our friend? It's, um, it's being called a leak, but I really think that the BBC has done this on purpose as they do, but it is uh, a little less than a minute of what must be the first episode of uh, the next year of Doctor Who, um, giving us a good long look and listen to Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. Oh, man. Mm. 
Yes. And let me, let me put it this way. I saw pretty much about the same amount of time with Capaldi when, you know, he regenerated from the 11th doctor. I think we had maybe as much or maybe not quite as much, but about maybe the same amount of screen time between him and what we are referring to. I didn't have that, ooh, you know, oh, I'm going to love this doctor feeling with Capaldi, you know, with that, oh, what kidneys, I got new kidneys, all of that. <laughs> I did not, you know, yeah. have that, oh, I'm going to love this doctor. Oh, I'm going to love the 13th doctor. I just am oh, telling wow. you right now, I wow. am going to hmm. love the 13th doctor. I praise. Well, of course, a lot of the energy that we're seeing here is because this is clearly um, uh, still in, a, in that post-regenerative weird space that we know the doctor is always in, um, you know, right after changing. And um, I don't know. Sometimes that's when uh, we our, our doctors have gotten to uh, to be the wittiest, to be the funniest, you know, <laughs> and the most fun. So I, I hope that's something a level that can be sustained. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this, th- and I'm agreeing with you, Lee. I really think that that was something that our friends at the BBC did. This is not a leak. This was intentional, but I before was like hoping that she would be great. Now I am pretty darn positive she's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so Clarence, does that offer any insight or a uh, into yes. it at all? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm happy you think she's great. And, uh, you know, if she's bringing that energy that we all know and love and getting positive reviews from two guys I really trust in the world of Doctor Who, I think I like her. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So do you guys have any other news or anything like that that you know of in the world of Doctor Who before we move on? I'm not aware of anything else going on. Whenever the question comes up, I always think I'm going to slap my forehead later and go, no, of course we forgot to mention, you know, but yeah, you know, I'll let go ahead. I'm sorry. uh, Nothing's jumping to mind. No. Well, all I know is, you know, uh, 30 minutes ago, I was a, um, something. (laughs) White haired. Uh, yeah, or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so why don't we go ahead and just jump into our review since this is a two-part story that we're reviewing. Mm, good point. So, so for anyone listening, you know what time it is. If you have listened to this podcast before, it is time for the spoiler warning. So if you have not seen The Rise of the Cybermen, The Age of Steel, put us on pause. Because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right. The spoiler warning has gone out and it is time to start the review. So, gentlemen, ballpark, big story overview. What do you think? So, Clarence, take it away. What do you think? What was your initial thoughts? Or what are? Uh, I know we keep saying that um, Nikki becomes a man. <laughs> we said that like three or four times already. But I think this is the episode where um, he he really stepped up, and I love that about it. Um, the villain in this episode was a little bit too cartoony to me. Um, but but you know he served his purpose. And also, I want to go and t- ask you guys some questions about the parallel universes. As it relates to Doctor Who. So I have all those takeaways I want to oh, dive cool. into. And, and Cool. So, um, Lee, what do you say? 
Sorry, I couldn't get my mic unmuted there for a second. <laughs> um, I just love this this two parter. There's just so much, so much that happens in it. There's so many events, so many big ideas, so many um, emotional uh, beats, so many uh, changes for all of our characters. Just so much to process. And I I remember how thrilling it was when it was first broadcast. How just um, just uh, how on the edge of my seat I was through uh, through both parts and. Uh, Watching it again this week, I, I felt all of those things again. It's uh, it's scary. It's funny. It's it's thrilling. It's the, the you know it's 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 got everything. It's everything that we we want and love in Doctor Who. Yeah. All right. So for me, this was uh, this was an interesting story because I th- I did find that it had you know all the growing moments, all the um, you know you had some sad moments you had the interaction with rose and pete for me the biggest thing was i thought this was the end of mickey you know i thought this is he's leaving you know they can never come back for him this is the last time we'll see mickey so i do remember that being sad from the first time i watched it actually i thought one of the funniest things was um seeing the parallel rose that was hilarious <laughs> but as far as the overall story I thought it was cool seeing the Cybermen again. So that's pretty much my initial take on it. So I'm curious, um, Clarence, you had questions about Pete's world as it's, you know, now known. What are your questions? What do you, what do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start off with, uh, he mentions that parallel travel was, was capable when the time lords of this, of the prime, I'm calling it prime. The prime universe were around. So in the classic who were there any stories where the doctor actually traveled to a parallel universe? Good question. Lee, you want to take that one? Yeah. What I thought of immediately was the, the pocket universe that we call E space, um, which I thought of as having to be a different dimension. So, and, and we, and we went to E space and then left and sort of sealed, closed that door behind us kind of in the same way that we say we do in this one. So, so that, that's, that's, that's what jumps to my mind. Oh, um, actually, and, um, and I know where you're going, keep going. <laughs> we, we did sort of, uh, a, a mirror mirror also in, uh, in the, um, uh, the fourth doctor's time. Hmm. Um, was it? All right. So tell me yeah, what you're thinking be, because uh, be, well, we had, we had bad unit with a bad brigadier and, uh, wasn't that the third um, doctor, not the fourth? The third doctor, you're right, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long, long, long time. But that was a parallel dimension. I mean, it really was mirror, mirror. It was, you know. Yep. Hmm. The brigadier became evil by wearing an eye patch and the other. Right, you know. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was the equivalent of Spock's uh, Van Dyke beard, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, we've, we've done it before. We've hopped over to other dimensions or alternate realities. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you exactly when that was. That was about the first season of Pertwee's Doctor because Liz Shaw was the companion. Yeah. Well, that's it. I was, I was visualizing Liz Shaw and I thought, am I wrong about that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just found myself being a huge fan of sliders. I actually yeah. got, got every DVD for that in the mail through Netflix back in the day. And I'm like, wow, it just kind of broke my brain a little bit. Like, we could be having as many adventures in parallel universes as we have in, <laughs> in going back and forth in time, but you know it's not really addressed much in the Who universe. That's true. 
So that poses an interesting question. Why do we think that they have shied away, you know, knowing, you know, not foreshadowing on other stories to come, but for the most part, like Clarence said, they have shied away from that. Why do we think that Doctor Who has done that or have they made a conscious effort not to have all these different versions or go into these different parallel universes? I think just because it makes the continuity so very, very difficult to keep straight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while time is already a hard concept to, <laughs> to kind of, uh, digest, once you mix that up with also, uh, parallel universe travel, it's, you know, <laughs> like Lee said, it, it just kills the continuity. Yeah. And I'm going to prove, give you an example to prove you right on that. Because if there is a, version of Rose and or lack thereof or etc and Mickey and Ricky and Jackie and Jacqueline etc and so forth would there not also on this parallel universe be a version of the Time Lords out there that's right it, it could become a very easy way to answer all questions exactly <laughs> and it doesn't need to be that easy wouldn't Rose then be on the quest to get to the universe where her parents are together and love each other and wish that they had a daughter yeah so she could just show up and say, ta-da. So, right, so I want to ask you guys about that. And I had this later in the line of questioning, but since, Lee, you brought it up, I think let's just go ahead and talk about it. What do you guys think of Rose's want to get to know those two people when she's got the real Jackie that is her real mother? So the Jackie that we know waiting at home – why do you guys think that she was drawn to want to go speak to this other Jackie and want to, you know, make sure their marriage was okay? What What are you guys' thoughts on that? Hmm. Yeah, if I think back to Father's Day and the doctor knows this is a sore subject and he the, the flags instantly start to go off when he knows that she's seeking out Pete. Now, we know that, you know, from what we saw in Father's Day, that it's, it's just really a sore subject. And ultimately, she wants to see her parents both be happy. You know, um, of course, not with her Jackie, but she wants to see them in a good relationship. I mean, especially after seeing the, the, the messed up relationship they had in Father's Day. And I think ultimately, again, she just wants them to be, be happy and she wants to see that. She wants to see that. And if it's not like that, she's going to as witnessed in this episode, try anything she can to to get them together and on the right path. So, hmm. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? I, I, I agree completely. I think that's exactly it. That if she wasn't obsessed with the idea of seeing her father before her adventure in Father's Day, now what she'd really like is, I mean, seeing that he's not only alive in this universe, but he is apparently, his kinds of dreams and schemes have actually worked. Yeah. That's completely irresistible. Of course, she's got to get close to that. Yeah. So, and, and once again, just like, as in Father's Day, the doctor says, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic here because not only do we see Rose, you know, having that, those same feelings we have from Father's Day, but now we have, uh, we have Mickey in the mix. Yes. And, and, you know, I couldn't remember this episode, but like as soon as he goes off, um, we find out he's looking for his Grammy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, just just they're they're both going off in these different directions. 
and both kind of seeking out the same thing. You know, for me, this, this was okay. So I really felt that with the way they presented Jackie, she felt to me so different from the Jackie that we know. Mm. Whereas the version that we see of Pete, they really just seem like the same character, but with just different circumstances that, you know, one where he, obviously he had a kid and then he got killed, you know, with a car accident. But with this one, obviously didn't have a kid and didn't get killed. But the core of the character to me felt the same. This Jackie, however, felt completely different than our Jackie. Am I wrong in that? Or did you guys kind of feel that too? I, I really felt that it was, um, and this is not a compliment to the character, I think, but it was sort of um, nature and nurture that I felt like if she was rich enough to be spoiled, she really would probably indulge it and become this this very superficial person that we've met, which makes you really want to like the you know the the one who's poor and lives in the council estates a lot better. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that that's sort of how that struck me, and maybe, maybe that's a maybe that's a you know socioeconomic uh, situation judgment that I'm making that isn't fair, yeah, but maybe. um uh, yeah, but I don't know because because the, the the Jackie that we know and love she is prone to vanity she is uh, um, she can be self centered. Mm, true. So, so, and so this is one where she just hasn't had any other correcting influences and she's been allowed to indulge that. So it's, it's, it's the worst possible Jackie, you know? True. The Jackie we know wouldn't, wouldn't, um, be annoyed by a member of her, you know, somebody working for her, you know, the, the when Jackie sort of barks at Rose because she says she's overstepped herself. Yes. You know? You're just uh, her a Jackie. servant girl. Don't exactly you dare talk to me. Right. And, and our Jackie would never do that. But I, I just think this is, this is uh, you know, the same person. She just took a different path. And it's, I don't know. Hmm. What about you, Clarence? You, are you, were you think the same? or uh, I definitely agree on the economic aspects of having more money uh, that Lee mentioned. But I also think about, you know, we think her attitude has shifted, you know, um, like Lee said, uh, nature versus nurture. But we we see if you go back to Father's Day, she kind of had that snappy attitude. You know, I, I, I'm thinking of the, the fight that her and Pete had in Father's Day. Oh. It, it, it felt a lot like that. And in the prime universe, we see where Jackie's feelings of Pete is mostly reminiscent, mostly for Rose's benefit. So who knows if they would have been together all this time. She wouldn't be turn out the same way, maybe even regardless of money, you know. Yeah. So let's switch and mention Ricky and Mickey for a moment. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact. So, I, so I'll go ahead and say, uh, instead of asking you guys first, I'll take this one first. I love <laughs> the fact that the name that the doctor jokingly called Mickey just happened to be the name of his alter universe counterpart, that it wasn't Mickey. It was Ricky. That just to me was really, really cool. But but to go back to what you guys were saying with the nurture versus nature and the circumstances, you know, you look at what's happened for Mickey in the universe we've seen. He's been so much more relaxed and, you know, hadn't really stepped up where the world around Ricky and the you know world he lives in created this person that looked angry all the time and 
you know, was <laughs> so different. What, what did you guys think? Mm, I, I think that we definitely got echoes of what Mickey could be as Ricky kind of, um, in, in school reunion where he takes initiative to find out this bad thing is happening. So I think Ricky is kind of like that to the, the nth degree. You know, he's, he has a lot more confidence and he's willing to dive into things a lot more. Now mm-hmm. I do like, I do like the betrayal of how he was a little bit, I'm just say harder, a little more toughened, even though it's very subtle. It's very subtle. And it was, as we find out as the episode goes on, it was very much on the surface. Because when we dug a little deeper, you know, they're not too dissimilar. <laughs> That's right. I'd forgotten why he's public enemy number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what did hmm. you think of him and his grandmother when he met his grandmother? What, what did you guys think? It's really touching and beautiful. This is his opportunity to do Father's Day. Um, and um, and. And I wondered, I remember watching this the first time, I remember wondering, now that he knows there's a reality in which his grandmother's still alive, really the person who's cared most for him in his life, um, is he just going to be able to forget about that? And we get to the end of part two, and uh, the answer is no. No, he's not. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I love that. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, he made a statement early on that puzzled me, but... As we watch more of the episode, it made more sense. Uh, as they separate, he makes the statement, if I haven't found something better. I was like, mm-hmm. well, that, that sounds really weird. But, you know, as as it goes on, he finds his Grammy. And, and yeah, he's kind of had, to, in my opinion, had it in the back of his head the whole time that uh, if he has a chance to to have back what he's lost, he's going to take it. And a, and a whole reality in which he gets to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. But see, I, I, you know, yes, he did get to be the hero. But back in when they first got there, my thought was, you know, he just had been sitting there listening to them talk. And we've all been in that situation where, you know, you're talking to people and you kind of feel like, you know, you're <laughs> you're on the outlining and everybody else is on the end is, is right. in the know. The fifth and, wheel. you know, that's where I felt like he was feeling was he was sitting, you know, back and holding the button for 30 minutes that really only needed to be held for one minute. And they had <laughs> forgotten about him. Yeah. Yeah. And when we can laugh later on when the doctor says, oh, and to make things worse, there's two Mickeys. You know, <laughs> but, but, you, but, you know, even though that's a funny line that there's got to be a point at which Mickey is just is just sick of this. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and once he has genuinely saved the day here at the end. You know, and and I I love looking back about how carefully this has been planned, and I do feel like it was planned from the beginning that we've we've gone from Mickey, who is a, a nebbish, he's kind of he's almost a non-entity early on, and and we've seen him grow by degrees, yes, until he can finally be this person who's going to rid the uh, rid Pete's world of Cybermen, you know, uh, and I believe it, I believe that he you know he he's capable of being that guy. And that's where we're going to leave him, right? It's a, it's a happy ending for me. And, you know, one of the things that I loved was he was the only character who had the opportunity to be both characters in the show, in the story. At, right. at you know, at one time meeting each other. Hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, the, the tin doll gets his wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's it. Yeah, that'd be a good a good alternate title for the story. <laughs> so, yeah. w- what did you guys think of that moment when you know we ultimately know that Ricky meets his demise, and you have the moment to where M- Mickey is walking up, obviously now dressed as Ricky, and you have the. Uh, the other character, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you have the, you know, the guy that was the pr- preacher group with him yeah. and, and as Jake. well as Rose, Jake. Yes. Jake, so yeah. you've got him there and you've got Rose there and they're asking, you know, who, which basically, which one are you? What did you guys think of that scene? Uh, lucky for, uh, Rose and the doctor, it wasn't, it wasn't Mickey. But, you know, it seems like oh. I've seen another show where the parallel universe guy sees himself die. I can't remember what it is. I know I've seen several things like that. It just escaped. It might have been sliders. It kind of escapes me right now. But, yeah. but yeah, just, just a really tough scene for him. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like balance. He, he even mentions balance at some point. It kind of like balances that, it out a, a little bit. But, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was kind of hard for Mickey in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for Mickey. I mean, you know, forget the other two characters. I, I felt bad for Mickey at that point because he knew it, what, you know, kind of what he was walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing that I read that I found quite interesting, and this was cut because of time. But but I read this before, and it was actually on Wikipedia. So anybody that wants to uh, read, go you know check out the second part or on Wikipedia. But there was a scene that was cut out that, like I said, for timing, that actually established that Ricky and Jake were in a relationship. So if we would have seen that scene. Some of that interaction of this scene and some of the other things, like there was a scene that the doctor is saying, you know, mourn later and move on, made a little bit more context to, you know, some of those scenes had we have seen this other scene. Mm -hmm. And the actor playing Jake plays it that way. Um, That's the way it's always struck me. Wow. Um, Although, as I was just telling somebody the other day, if Gadar is a genuine thing, I don't have it because I'm always, <laughs> <laughs> almost always wrong. But, um, um, but that's still, I, 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 that's still how it played to me. I felt like, uh, Jake's relationship with Ricky was not th- that of, uh, brothers or just comrades in arms, but that they were, they were something much closer. So uh, I find that quite interesting because I did not, you know, see that. You know, I, I played it the other degree, 180, uh, degrees in, in a sense of that kind of m- made me look at these scenes differently. But when I watched it the first time, I never even would have thought that. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah I just, I just thought they were bros. Uh, yeah. I agree. I, and that was what I was thinking. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that, but yeah, it does pepper the scenes in a, a slightly different light. Um, yeah, I can I can totally see the breakdown scene now. I can see why he was so upset uh, in hindsight. But yeah, I, I did not get that at all. And why Mickey has to say, "I'm not taking his place," huh? huh. I'm somebody else. Interesting. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So I want to mention and go into something or some things that we have not talked about yet, which are the 
center of this story as a totality. And, and Clarence, the actual Cyberman? Yes. <laughs> so, so Clarence, I, w- I want to give this to you first because I want to take the, the question in a different direction whenever I pose it to Lee. But correct, correct me here if I'm wrong, but this was your first association or exposure to the Cybermen. Am I right? That's correct. So what did you think of either watching it now or remembering watching it a couple of years ago? What did you think of the Cybermen? Uh, they're uh, the Borg. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I like them as a villain. I think they're solid. I love their uh, determination to make everybody or everything like them. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, what I found myself doing in this episode uh, now uh, in, in 2018 is comparing it to uh, Well Enough in Time, you know, Ooh, which yes. which origin that I like better. I have to admit, in this one, I felt the motivations behind how and why they became Cybermen was a little less appealing uh, than it was in Well Enough in Time. Uh, simply because, you know, in this instance, it's this one guy, this Lumix, uh, if I'm saying his name correctly, um, this determination to, I guess, live forever. I felt it was kind of disjointed to the degree of what he went to, um, for this, uh, to accomplish this, this, uh, immort- immortality. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed them in this episode, but just, I always found myself comparing them to what, I guess the, the real or prime origin, which is what we saw in World Enough in Time. So that was a, a very good segue into letting me ask the question I want to ask Lee. Knowing of which we have the different origin that Clarence just referred to, what did you think seeing this modified? It, was call it that version of the Cybermen. You mean because I had um, I had seen all of the other Cyberman stories from the the classic era. And, exactly. Yeah, I I had I guess I had had the luxury of getting bored with the Cybermen um, as time had gone by, and so when we were all speculating, you know, we knew that the that the revived series was going to bring back the Daleks, of course, and I loved the way that first story was was done. And, um, you know, uh, so I was excited when I saw the previews, I guess, for this episode where we saw a glimpse of the Cybermen. I thought, ooh, it looks like we're also going to be taking the Cybermen really seriously because they're not going to be guys in um, – they're not going to be so, so obviously uh, actors in a costume, uh, but something um, – I don't know. I, I just – I would just really got excited about the, the look of them. And the hint that we had of a sort of a new origin story for them that, that seemed to me very, very exciting. So, so I was happy about that and, um, um, really, really enjoyed them in this episode, um, because they, they are brutal and unstoppable. And, um, and I found that genuinely frightening. So beyond brutal and stoppable and genuinely frightening, did they work? Yeah. yeah, term, I, really- I should say. Oh, long term. No, see, I've had the, I've, uh, now I've had time to get bored with the Cybermen again. Hmm. Um, and, and particularly when we break the rules, because we, um, <laughs> talk about skipping ahead in our, in our timeline. But one of the things that I like about this episode is that we see how Cybermen get made and it's hideous. This awful, awful thing yeah. that has to happen to make an army of Cybermen. And, 
Um, and once you've been made into a Cyberman, you cannot be unmade. Um, there's just not enough left of you. And so then later in this series, when we see that the Cybermen are sort of a, a suit that you can jump into and back out of, that makes me want to throw things at my TV set. Just saying. So, um, yeah, this is, this is the idea of what uh, making Cybermen is like uh, that I prefer in the series, and I'm sticking with it. It's, it's supposed to be horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I found myself saying, like, if would if we had seen – you know, these big arms coming down and slicing and all this stuff in series 10, I -hmm. think I would have, it would, I would have freaked. I would have freaked because it's someone in, in that series and I'm skipping way ahead, but that, that you've been with every episode up until this point. Yeah. And though it was horrifying, they didn't take it quite that far with the, <laughs> no. with the, the heat room and the, 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 the saw and all this stuff. It, it was brutal. Yeah. It was bad enough. Yeah. I do feel like the series has sort of repented for the, the James Corden episode where we, we saw that you can be unmade as a Cyberman if, if you love your baby enough. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So I, yeah. So, so Bill's, um, yeah, ultimate fate is, yeah, I, I think, I think we're back on track now <laughs> about how, how, how terrible the Cybermen are. Um, but you know, it was for me, it was like they, they established this alternate world with these other versions of the Cybermen and pretty much after their season three or season or whenever they're, you know, after this story appear again, it's like they take a conscious effort to every time we see the Cybermen since then to establish, oh, these are not Pete World Cybermen. These are the real Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, and going back to World Enough in Time and the, you know, uh, finale, the Doctor Falls, it, the method of them doing was just taking robotic parts and adding that to your normal Body, so they were still mostly quote unquote organic. They just had probably, I would say, maybe fifty percent or seventy percent, which is, I guess, is not mostly, but much less not having, you know, skin and bones and whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do find it brilliant in this episode how they went with the AirPods, which makes me think of Apple AirPods. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I guess AirPods came first, uh, but. I, th- I found it brilliant how, you know, people are stuck on this technology and living with this technology and kind of can't, to a certain degree, can't be divorced from it. And maybe even just a special effect of how the, um, I guess the, the antenna stream came above their head to mm-hmm. kind of foreshadow we're going to see Cybermen. I, I love that effect. Yeah. I love that so much for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done. Really well done. So let me ask this question. What would you consider to be, out of the two-part story, your favorite part or your favorite scene throughout mm. the two episodes? Wow. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of them, a lot of things to love. <laughs> I could give you one of the creepiest scenes. Okay, go for it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, when they're uh, they're showing, I guess, this montage of the, the facility, 
uh, and they're playing a Weemawee in the background. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was that's like, right. oh, no, that's the worst use of that song ever. Yeah. But it was awesome. Well, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it works because it's uh, because it's so obviously the exact opposite of uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny. What, what, what jumped to my mind is also something horrifying and creepy. I, I loved the character Mrs. Moore. And uh, the doctor's relationship with her, and I love yeah. that her her memory is going to be preserved in some way. But uh, that that whole moment where they they have a Cyberman and they 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 kind of the doctor kind of takes it apart, and and he unearths this secret about their emotion inhibitor, and in the process ah. breaks it. Yeah. So now that the, that person who's been converted is aware of what's happening to her. That's um that that's some strong writing there, my friends, and um. Uh, a genuinely heartbreaking little moment. A- and one of those times where we've seen actually a lot in the show where, where the doctor makes a choice of euthanasia on the spot. I mean, he tells her to go back to sleep. Yeah. He tells her to just go to sleep. Yeah. But he's, he's killing her. And there's no question. Hmm. Or you could argue she's already dead, but you know, um, but, but that's still that that's one of the things that really shook me. Um, both time, every, you know, every time I've seen this and it, it, uh, it got me again this time. It's, uh, that's a big, that's a big moment in a TV show. So anyone who could withstand knowing that they are a Cyberman and not being so overwhelmed that it makes them insane, anybody, more than one person probably that I could contemplate would probably <laughs> be pretty strong-willed individuals. Yep. <laughs> yep, the kind of person who would say who they are. Yes. So here was my favorite scene or um, moment, which is not creepy at all. But the look on the doctor's face when he looks at Rose, when he sees Rose <laughs> run down the stairs. Yes. <laughs> We've already been told that Rose needs a bath. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was my yeah. that was my favorite. It, it yeah. is a great moment. A great yeah. Moment. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just a scene where we talked about the doc, especially in school reunion, the doctor kind of going undercover. I loved, loved, loved to see the scene where they were undercover as the help. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and you know the uh, Davidson and Billa Piper were just like the cutest couple together. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I just thought that was beautiful to see them uh, uh, play a different character for a minute. That was mm-hmm. really fun. That's right. So do you guys see this? Am I the only one that thinks that Rose is, if a, if a plant is in the corner and the doctor is standing by the plant, that she's going to get jealous of the plant? Yeah, she doesn't miss an opportunity, does she? No, she, she, she is very protective. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, I mean, so. yes. Yeah, Part of part of Mickey's reasoning, it seems like he does not waste an opportunity to to bring up the fact that, you know, it's always Rose and the doctor. He he will bring that up whenever he can. And he uses it, uses it again at the, the end of this episode. You know, he mm-hmm. says, always it's always you and the doctor, you know, yep. and I'll, I'll never come between that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, it's a it's it is a great moment in the series, I think, where Mickey says, you know, be honest, it's never going to be me. Yeah. Yeah, well, yes. no, you're right. <laughs> I'm afraid you're right. It's, Poor Mickey. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here wondering, and, and just out of my own curiosity, 
at what point did the writing team know that Billy Piper was not returning? Yeah, don't know. Don't know. You know, was was the original intent for, you know, let's say that they had already written this and they had recorded this and, you know, it was just in post-production. But this maybe this particular story was originally Mickey's final moment. And then mm-hmm, yeah. Billy Piper decides she's leaving and stories change. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, this yeah. could have been the end point for any number of characters. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've looked over my notes and out of this story, as much as that was happening, I personally have covered everything that I have. So I want to turn the table over to you guys, because I know you may have some thoughts, because I have a couple more things that I want to hold to the end. But is there anything that you guys have that you would like to talk about or that I haven't covered? Uh, production things that I think are interesting. Um, the uh, the big bad in this, uh, John Lumick, is, uh, um, uh, is, of course, being played by Roger Lloyd Pack. And um, that's fun for us fans of the Harry Potter movies, because he was Barty Crouch who is, of course, ultimately undone by his son, Barty Crouch Jr., who is played by, you don't know. Let me know. guess, David Tennant. David Tennant. So, what? Yep. <laughs> so you got the two of them. Uh, they're, they're, I don't think they're ever on camera together, though, in uh, um, in this. Uh, but they're both in it. So that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I had no idea so, David Tennant was in Harry Potter. Not for long, no. But uh, he's hor- He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Crouch Jr. Yeah, but yeah, this actor who's playing Lumic uh, plays his plays his equally evil father. Um, and of course, what fun to see Sean Dingwall again uh, as uh, as Pete, and uh, to know yeah. that there is a, another Pete where he's not only successful, but he's actually part of the secret opposition to Lumic, and uh, that's that's just brilliant. Um, good for him. Yeah, good for him. That's it. I, I just love that that aspect of that so much. Um, if you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff, you know that one of the reasons why that cast remembers shooting all that stuff at uh, Jackie's uh, birthday party is because it was like five degrees outside. Oh, wow. It was so cold. And <laughs> uh, all of that, that shooting out there with the Cybermen stomping around and so on, the Cybermen were the only ones who were close to being comfortable because they were in those sweltering suits. But everybody else is suffering. Hmm. Um but yeah, yeah, track that stuff down. I know it's all, I think it's all out there on the web and it's, there is a, a bonus track on the DVD, uh, for this series. But, um, yeah, they, they've all got stories to tell about the freezing, freezing cold. And, and, and really to the credit of the, the production, you, you can't see it. You cannot tell. You, at all. you can't tell. Um, I know they're all doing the trick of, you know, you've got to suck on some ice before you speak. So there isn't a cloud of fog that comes out. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, apparently it was just pure hell shooting that stuff. Okay, so, so I have to say this. To say yeah. that again, ice. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what now? Yeah, no. Th- this is this is a this is a movie making trick. If you're if you're shooting a scene and it's cold where you're shooting, but it's not supposed to be that cold in the scene that you're shooting, you have to suck on some ice before you say your line. So that your breath doesn't hang in the air and actually obscure your face uh, when you say your line. So, so yeah, David Tennant's having to basically freeze his tongue, and then they say action, and then he'll say the line. No, we surrender. That is painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that stuff. Yeah, 
Wow. And conversely, you know, like when we do the Christmas specials, they're shooting those and it's summertime in England. So everybody's out <laughs> there with their, with their winter coats on and we're pretending like it's, like it's, like there's, you know, like it's cold out and it's not. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, can't so, sweat. <laughs> yeah. So stop sweating because it's supposed to be December. And it's like, yeah. So yeah, the glamorous life of an actor in a TV series. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that is cool though. Cause I learned something. Yeah. yeah. That's the first go. time I heard that as well. Yeah. So um, we we talked before about how we need to start um, uh, saying our favorite lines from these great scripts. Um, you, 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 my my favorite line from this two parter is uh, um, kind of an odd one, I think, but it all, but it always gives me a, a big chuckle uh, when uh, Mickey says um, he says we're in London, you know, because he thinks he, he thinks <laughs> that they're not. He doesn't yet know we're in a parallel universe, and the doctor says uh, that includes the Zeppelins. <laughs> And Mickey says, okay, so it's London with a big international Zeppelin festival. <laughs> you know, no, that's a pretty good explanation, but no. Oh, man. Yeah, they're, they're really intended to control everyone. Yeah. Transmitters. Transmitters. All right, Clarence, did you have anything else? Uh, a few takeaways. Uh, I just did not like Mr. Mr. Lomix. Um, he was playing his part though, because the part called, I guess, called for a very um, textbook villain. I guess is what he was playing. Sure. Uh, yeah. So in that in that aspect, I get his guess. Uh, he executed what they were going for. But what I loved is the moment with him and Mister 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 Crane, mm-hmm. um, where you know it's funny when people are committing atrocities. Uh, doing bad things, it's all gravy until it's time to be done on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> your turn. Yeah, and I just love how Mr. Crane kind of was, he kind of rebelled at the end. And even, even Lumix rebelled at the end. Uh, and, and yeah, when it's, when it's time for yourself to go through the process and not so happy. Also love that Mr. Lumix got the big throne. Um, to replace his wheelchair, I thought was <laughs> really funny. Though he did stand up at the end, so so I guess he can he can walk as a Cyberman. But I just thought it was pretty hilarious how he had like a a, a huge Cyber Throne um, at the end. <laughs> right. All right. So here here was here was my takeaway. The entire time I was watching the scenes with the non Cyberman characters. I found myself, and this is more for the second episode, but I found myself watching the scenes with the Cybermen, however, other than, you know, the, with the Disney song, which I thought was cool, the urge to fast forward was ever at my fingertips. I mean, I wanted to take, you know, the, um, you know, I wanted to take it and fast forward and fast forward and fast forward. I didn't, but wanted to. And I wonder if it's because to some degree, Maybe the Cybermen I was bored with, or is it I don't like this version of them? I'm not sure. I just kept finding myself wanting to fast forward. Not sure why, but wanting to. Well, those scenes were very low dialogue and a lot of action. So, yeah, if you weren't particularly into the action that was going on on screen, I could I could surely see you not being that interested in it. Good point. Good point. So here's my favorite quote. This came from the doctor, and he says, I just gave away 10 years of my life. Worth every yeah. second of it. Worth every second. Well, even more like, what What are our feelings on, like, I guess the loosey-goosey use of uh, Time Lord regeneration energy? 
it's kind of loosey goosey, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I need to recharge something. Let's do yeah, it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is good for whatever you needed to be good for in a minute. Yeah, that's true. I I'll answer it this way: that doctor was very egotistical or self-centered, maybe self-centered is a better word, with regeneration energy. And what I mean by that is he just did that to get himself back home, self-centered, mm-hmm. and he's regenerating, and he keeps his face self-centered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could argue it. It's not his life he's cutting off. It's somebody else's. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and even for that matter, I find it hard to... Hmm. Not hard to watch. I find it weird when the doctor gives these rousing speeches about uh, immortality and, you know, you're not supposed to live forever when like he is the polar opposite of that. So how can we really justify him giving that rousing speech of how it's wrong to want to live forever? You know, it's true. (laughs) Yep. 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 And and the script could have had the had the other characters call him out on that. You know, yeah. You know, what's really interesting, I'm sitting here thinking, we've been watching ourselves collectively, you know, or just, you know, since the story came back. This doctor, the 10th doctor, is fairly young compared to what he is now. He was only 900 years old at this (laughs) point. That's true. Yeah. You know, and what is he, about 2,100 years old now, give or take? Yeah. It, it makes those rattling off those few years to 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 uh, Mickey pointless. Kind of. yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I just lost a fingernail. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like now. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years. My goodness. <laughs> so let's give our ratings, and I will start first for the fact that it was a two-parter, and I'm just going to rate this as one complete story, not part one, not part two, but it brought back modern day a classic one of the classic big classic villains i'm going to say that i will give this a solid four for my rating so four Mm. Uh, i guess i'll go next uh i think i'm going about a 4.2 uh taking it from the point of view of somebody who does not at the time of original watching, not knowing anything about the classic. And even though you guys may consider these Cybermen bastardized Cybermen, <laughs> um, I, I, I did really enjoy the story. And I re- remember enjoying it, you know, when, however many years ago I saw it the first time. Uh, really solid introduction. Maybe not to what, you know, the prime Cybermen, but, but for what it's worth, uh, Pete's Worlds is really a really uh, solid introduction in, into kind of what the Cybermen are. Cool, Lee. Well, you guys astonish me. I'm I'm, uh, I'm given if we're if we're kind of judging the whole thing as one long episode, I give it a five. This is this is my idea of a five. Um, it it just it it touches all the emotional beats that I wanted it to. It's redemption for Pete. It's yeah. we've got a the 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 uh, the the happy climax of the whole long Mickey story. Um, I mean, and an improvement I felt over the uh, classic series Cybermen. So um, wow, I just I just love <laughs> everything about it. So yeah, it gets a big five from me. Interesting that you focused on the humans and we focused on the mm-hmm. former humans. Interesting. Yeah. So. So the next question becomes, what else might you guys be working on? And Lee, I'll let you take that first. Well, we are chugging along uh, with the um, 
the last few episodes of this, uh, this season of relativity. Um, and, uh, the treat in store for our, uh, our listeners is, um, an episode that isn't going to be an episode. <laughs> thanks to, <laughs> thanks to you, Kyle. And, um, we're going <laughs> to, that made it sound like we're not getting an episode. Thanks to you. What, <laughs> what, what I mean is we're You're getting, getting an extra special getting episode, extra stuff. Thanks to you. That's what I meant. Yes. And, um, yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, it is, um, we're getting more listeners all the time. We're getting more patrons. So, uh, we seem to be doing something right this episode. Surely it's the presence of Clarence Brown. It's bringing <laughs> Absolutely. all of this. Uh, I don't know about be. that. It could be. <laughs> oh, anyway. Boy. So yeah, com. Never too late to jump on board, even though this ship is traveling at nearly the speed of light. I will, as long as I'm talking, uh, tell you something else. I'm sitting here looking at my social media while we're talking, and we said we didn't have any more news to add. And it has come to my attention while we've been recording that um, Dragon Con is announcing its big guests for this year. Ooh, and tell that, us. of course, is, that is the big uh, convention, yeah, August 30th to September 3rd in Hotlanta, Georgia. And um, for Doctor Who, I think we're getting a bunch of people, including Pearl Mackey. Ooh. <sighs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I waited for you. Oh, man. And Don't do Peter it to Capaldi. Me. Bill Potts. And okay. Peter Okay. Yes. Uh, we need to do some research here. How do we get to Dragon Con? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dragon Con is, yeah, it, oh it, is, it is such a big thing that it intimidates me. I haven't been in years just because that's too many people for me. <laughs> but doggone it. The doctor and Bill are both going to be there. So, yeah. Well, you know, something that is not intimidating since we're talking doctors and cons, um, in October in Mississippi, believe it or not, on the Gulf Coast, our fifth doctor, uh, Peter Davison will be oh, yeah. at Gulf Coast Fan Fest and right. in Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida next February, Donna Noble has been saved. Because oh, Catherine Tate will be um, at Pensacon. Catherine Tate is is you know irrespective of Doctor Who, she's a big star. I mean this that this is a big deal that they've got Catherine Tate. Um, so that's uh, that's really amazing to me. It's fantastic. Well, I will say this: Catherine Tate is so. Just be prepared, Clarence. Uh, <laughs> Catherine Tate is in my top five companions. I mean, <sighs> hands down. So Star Trek, Star, not Trek, Star Struck. Yes, I will be Star Struck. <laughs> and would I probably, if I get to ask her a question, be a bumbling idiot? Go ahead and get your camera ready because I will be. Yeah, bumbling yeah, 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 yeah. idiot. No meltdowns. No yeah. meltdowns. Yeah. You go. No meltdowns, but bumbling idiot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if I get up there and start going binary, 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 you'll know why. <laughs> oh, so um, Clarence, what else might you be working on? Uh, I will direct people to our YouTube channel, as Cal mentioned earlier. Earlier, that's YouTube.com/slash/discussing/network, where we had an interview with a artist, comic book writer. That we met at Mississippi Comic Con that she's going up real soon. The cool thing about this comic comic book writer from Spiro Studios is that they actually made action action figures for their characters. 
and they they had a huge Kickstarter uh, first round, and they also did a second Kickstarter, and these guys are kind of blowing up. So uh, definitely check out our interview, which by the time you hear this episode should be on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash discussing network. And don't forget, if you go to that channel, please subscribe because we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. So for uh, for anyone listening, if I have sounded in this episode and you've listened to our other episodes and you're thinking something was off with him tonight, let me tell you why for anybody, like I said, listening. Skype has updated. And if you've been listening, you probably know I'm a little OCD and I have little things that I do here and there. And if I sound like I'm a little distracted is because the sound bar that is my mic is set to auto adjust. And I can't turn it off. And I've been sitting here watching the mic go up and down, up and down throughout <laughs> the entire episode. So for anyone listening, that's why if I sound like I'm distracted because I'm cow, upset. cow, cow. They don't want to know that. Go complain to the Skype guys, man. Go, just, just go complain. <laughs> I, I just yeah. did because they're listening to our show, right? I see. <laughs> Well, you were thinking of the original Cybermen voices, which went <laughs> up and down. Oh, thank you. I waited for you. Okay, cool. To start doing that. Okay, we shall start doing that. <laughs> now I can't stop. Um, oh, dear. But yes, if you want to find out other things that uh, Clarence and I work on, go to DiscussingNetwork.com. And I would point everyone also back to Relativity and... I just would say thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.